0: Good morning. Uh, This morning we're going to be looking at the life of Elijah. I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles handy as we study together. But before that, let us pray. Our precious God, we thank you. The hour has come for you to glorify your name. speak to each every one of us. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Reading this passage really got me thinking. Very powerful passage. First I became convinced that no matter how strong you think you are, you will have a moment of doubt and fear, isn't it? It doesn't matter, even if you are a spiritual man, bishop, archbishop, pastors, priest. There are some time in life where you have some element of fear and doubt, and that's what happened to Elijah in this passage. Elijah has seen God do great things. He has stood before Ahab, the king, and predicted drought in chapter 17. The widow of Zarephath looked after him and he raised the woman's son back to life. He had a confrontation with the prophet of Baal. You know the story, and the son Elijah prayed, there will be no rain for three and a half years, and he prayed again for the rain to come back. Despite his great exploit, we see in chapter 19 verses 1 down to verse 7 that Jezebel was out to kill Elijah. And Elijah feared for his life. I'm going to lose everything, he said. Elijah was alone. Nobody understands. I wish I had someone to talk to. Elijah wanted to die. I don't think I can go on. The world would be better off. Elijah laid down. And slept. I don't feel like getting up to face the day. He was completely discouraged. And sometimes we have been in that position before. Isn't it? Where we thought that everything has. In fact, I think the best thing for me now is to die. What am I living for? Then Psalm chapter 34, verse 19 says. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So being a child of God doesn't really mean that at some point you won't stumble. But what God is expecting from us is that when you fall, you have to do what? To rise again, to continue. Because we are on a race until we meet Jesus one day. And now let's see how the Lord deals with Elijah's discouragement. In verse 5b, God used his angel to get Elijah's attention. The angel touched him and spoke to Elijah. He knew Elijah's need. Do you recognize the angels that God sent your way? It may be your family members, your friend, or even your pastor. Do we pay attention to them? God gave Elijah the endurance because the journey was long. He walked 40 days and 40 nights. In verse 8, God knows everything about you, but he wants to hear it out of your mouth. He allowed Elijah to speak his mind. Elijah told God what was bothering him. And the question for each, every one of us, this morning, is what is bothering you? What is bothering you? What do you want God to do for you? That's the question for us. What is that that you want God to do? Remember that God revealed himself to Elijah. For God is not where Elijah thinks he will find him. If we read further from verse 10 to 18. The winds came, but God was not there. The earthquake came, but God was not in the earthquake either. The fire came, But God was not in the fire. Then came the quiet, gentle sound, and God was near. God is the peace in the middle of the storm. And that is the confidence we have in Christ Jesus. The comfort in sickness. It doesn't matter. What you're going through. Bring it on to Jesus and he cares for you. Elijah actually left Israel and ran on the way to the southern border of Judah about 125 miles. He went as far as he could so that he might avoid the reach of one woman. Jezebel. Then in verse 3, can you help me Peter? The next slide please. In verse 3, says, Elijah separated himself from those closest to him. He felt all alone. One of the worst effects of a depressed spirit is the desire to separate oneself from everyone. What I've noticed in this culture is that when people are going through challenges, whether it's personal or family, they tend to stay away from God. Which is quite opposite from where I'm coming from. When people have trouble, challenges, they run to God. For prayers. But well, what I've discovered here in the course of my ministry is that when people are going through challenges, they try to stay away from church. They don't come to church. They don't even allow the vicar to visit them. They try to stay away from those who might help them. But well, what does the Bible say in Psalm 50? Verse 15, the bible says, call me in the times of trouble and I will deliver you. Many people who become discouraged have a tendency to develop, I am all alone. Or nobody understands me. We see this happening in the church today. A person who becomes discouraged and we drop out of church saying, no one understands me. I just don't fit in. But remember what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more As you see the day approaching. The fellowship of the church is so important. Even if the people at church don't understand what you are going through, at least they can pray with you and be a friend to you. You need people around you separating yourself from church and decided to do it in your own way or to fight the battle all by yourself is not the way forward. You need people around you. And we need God at the center of everything. Elijah took his eyes off the Lord and focused of negative circumstances in verse three, when we leave God and His power out of the picture, we are in trouble. We must learn to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus, according to the Hebrew chapter twelve, verses one to two. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith. Then in verse 4, Elijah stopped interceding for others and started focusing on himself. This was the first time Elijah had prayed for himself. He had forgotten that he was the prophet of Israel. His attention is full of himself. When we become so self-conscious, that it dominates our thinking. We are in trouble spiritually. When we get to the place where everything is about me, it's all about me, without me, nothing. You remember Elijah reminding God, I'm the only prophet. And God said to him, No, there are still some remnants. God said that. So when we start to say, it's all about me, 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 me. And try to remove God from the picture. Then we're heading to the wrong direction. And that's not what God wants us to do. And that's what's happening here. Elijah, the great man of God, prophet, who called down rain, and who prophesied there will be no rain for three and a half years. Imagine his position here, praying to die. God, take my life. Elijah forgot all about God's provision in verse 4 and said, I had enough. I quit. Elijah felt that life was no longer worth living. And I wonder if you have been in that situation where everything you see is negative. As long as we can remember that there is hope, we can make it true. May we never forget that God is still on the throne. And no matter how bad things become, God is in control. He knows where we are and what we are facing. He knows everything about you. You don't have to explain. He will see us through. As long as there is God in heaven, there is hope. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to his purpose. Now let's see others who think the same way like Elijah in the Bible. First we look at Moses in Numbers chapter 11 verses 14 to 15. Moses said I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now. That's what Moses said. Just like Elijah. If I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let my face, or let me face my room. then another person is Jonah. In John chapter 4, verse 3, and he says, Now, nah, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. These are the prophets in the Bible. These were all successful prophets. So if it happened to them, it could happen to any of us. That's the truth. Sometimes we go to the point where we question giving God why? Why all these calamities? Why all this suffering? The question would be what are those problems that you face? We thank God for answers prayer. But we ever thank God for an answer Do we thank God when God said no? You're not going to have it. Do we? We better. Wouldn't it be in trouble if God always answered our prayers? Give us what we want, He gives us what we need, and that's the truth. When we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us all our righteousness. God also made a physical provision for Elijah, He gave me some food, water, and rest. God knows you need some rest. Do you think that when you are running around over extending yourself that you are being some super Christian for God? I don't think so. There are some people who do not believe that Christians can be depressed. There are those who don't believe it. But you can Because oh. you're all huh? Isn't it? You remember Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? There are some translations that record that he was depressed, isn't it? God, if it is your will, let this cup be passed away. But at the same time, God, let your will be done. And sometimes people will say to you, no. Said to you, Where is your faith? Just get over it. If you trusted God like you should, you wouldn't feel like you do. I want you to know that Jesus Christ promised to save those who trusted in Him. However, He never promised. To save us from the dangers of discouragement and depression. You remember David in Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, the valley will always be there. Until we see Jesus. Inasmuch as we still live here on earth, we will still walk through the valley and the shadow of the dead. It will be over until we see Jesus. But as far as we are still living here or night, there are still mountain valleys before each. on that passage. I just wanted to think about your life and your relationship with God. Are you like Elijah at that time? God take my life. I want to die. What am I living for? Have you said something like that? Why is God still keeping you alive? The reason it's something. I always say that there are three ways God does answer. He can say yes, you can have it. It's yours. Or he can say wait, it's not yet time. I'm going to give it to you, but not yet time. Just wait, be patient with it. Or he can say no. If we look through all these three prophets, they all pray to die. But God say what? Well, no. And I wonder if you have been in that position. And God is still saying this one. I have not finished it.